Each and every week we gather to bask in its glow. Information, picture, and sound beamed through the night skies. Destination, our living rooms. As the screen sparks to life, the outside world dims, transporting us for 60 minutes into parallel dimensions. This is the modern campfire, where legends are born and sagas unfold. Where some find only entertainment, we find religion. And now you've found us. And so we invite you too to join us as part of the Cult of the Cathode Ray. Hello everyone, we are back to talk about The Walking Dead Season 1, Episode 6. It is the final episode of the season, and the episode name is TS-19. And I am here tonight with my co-host, Zachary Edgerton. How are you? Hi, I'm great. You didn't actually introduce yourself, Renee St. Aubin, but I'm doing I, You great. know, I thought I could sneak by and yeah, nobody nope. would notice. Nope. Dang. I'm going to say anyway. it each and every time. <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm very excited to talk about the final episode in season one of The Walking Dead because, yeah, this is a, a great season. It's been quite a ride and uh, this is it. I think everyone dies in this episode. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they do. Uh, it the was a series. It was, yeah, it was great great run i enjoyed this it was only six episodes long yeah uh, but it was so the best it was one yeah. of the greatest shows ever so absolutely until everyone died in the end yeah good night everybody good night <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh so this episode originally aired december 5th uh 2010 one thing i noticed when we were going over these episodes kind of pulling information together is i don't believe Unless it happened early on, like maybe episode three, I don't think there was any sort of big break between episodes like there is nowadays. There's always that like three month break uh, in between. I don't know if you noticed any of those happen, but I just thought it was pretty nice for the people. Yeah, I think this was originally basically air aired as like an event series because it actually the first episode, of course, aired on Halloween. So they got that that bump from kind of probably advertising like ooh, a new a new zombie show. And all you losers who stay home on Halloween, you can watch it. So <laughs> I think it was, yeah, it was six weeks, six episodes, which is exactly how this show should be watched. Holy moly. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of those major cliffhangers. I can do interseason yeah. stuff, but. The thing, I think I hate these days. These days they get so crazy with it. They don't want to admit that they're doing like two seasons. So they'll be like season three, part one, and then season <laughs> three, part two. It's like, why just, why does just call it one season? It's, I don't yeah. know. Uh, yeah. I totally agree. It's all marketing, but yeah. This episode had 5.97 million viewers. I believe this was the highest viewed episode of the entire season. Yeah. This was the, the, the high point. Yeah. Interesting. Word Which, was you know, getting around. Yeah. And I suppose if you're going to go in, might as well go in for the last one. Again, to watch everyone die. So <laughs> this was directed by Guy Furland. Uh, do you have any interesting information about Guy Furland? I mean, I don't know if I have, in I don't know if I have interesting <laughs> information. I do just want to point out that, yeah, well, just it's just plain information. Uh, he Well, he did two <laughs> things that I want to note. The first one is, of course, we always have to mention, or I always have to mention, Stephen King connections. Mm. And Guy Furland actually has kind of a, a coincidental Stephen King connection because after this show, he would go on to direct a couple episodes of a little movie, uh, a little movie, a little show called The Mist, which, yeah, 
which is presumably based on the Stephen King story that, you know, was also the basis of Frank Darabont's film, The Mist. But unfortunately, the show actually has absolutely nothing to do with the story, and it's horrible, and you should definitely not watch it. No offense to Guy Ferland, it's not his fault, but yeah, it's a terrible show. Anyway, so, amazing. Yeah, so that's that connection. And then I also noted that his very first, his directorial debut was a little movie with Alicia Silverstone in the mid-90s called The Babysitter, which... Oh. <laughs> I, I've never actually seen it, but I, I recognize it. Like I recognize the the cover because I just remember always seeing it in the video store. It was like one of those like soft core erotic thrillers that you would like, it would be like in the section you never, I never looked in because, you know, I was a nerd and I was in, always in the science fiction section. But when I was, when I accidentally, when I wandered around to the thrillers and there were all these like movies that were obviously like had like women, beautiful women on them. And they were like, you know, they, they were supposed to be uh kind of, kind of, as titillating as you can make a VHS cover. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> like so I said, true. not interesting, but <laughs> those are facts. You know, I'll take it. I like yeah. it. Uh, and this episode was written by Adam Fierro and very importantly, Frank Darabont came back to help yeah. write this episode. Yeah. Bringing it all, bringing it all the way back. Yeah. I don't have any, I don't I have no, no, no facts interesting otherwise about uh, Adam Fierro. Unfortunately, I think he, he he's written some other TV stuff, but Nothing that uh, I don't I don't think he'd written anything that I've actually seen. So, but hey, this is a, you know, a good episode. So I guess we'll, we'll give him credit for that. It's true. And if he would like to come in and talk to us about his accomplishments, we would be happy to have him. Yeah, of course. Yeah. He's also Frank Darabont, if he wants to yeah, talk absolutely. to us. Yes. Also, I know I know you're listening, Frank. Yes. Hi, Frank. <laughs> Say hi I to know, I, You're rolling in that Walking Dead uh, settlement money. <laughs> So you got nothing else to do. Nothing but time. <laughs> Googling himself. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, that actually sometimes. Oh, no. you, sometimes you Sorry. see people on Twitter, like people like retweeting, <laughs> like like writers and stuff retweeting tweets about themselves where they're not actually tagged. And I'm like, huh. Yes. I wonder if I wonder if they actually have a, a thing set up on there. They <laughs> like, have to, right? Yeah. You know, yeah, they must. Oh my goodness. So our plot synopsis from the AMC site is that Rick and the group are allowed into the CDC by a strange doctor, but all is not what it seems in their newfound haven. Yeah, Benedict Cumberbatch is there. <laughs> oh wait, that's Doctor Strange, sorry. Oh yeah, that's a bit of an odd description. Yeah. Uh I found him to be quite pleasant. <laughs> what that wait, the the doctor in this in this episode? Yeah. Or Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, I, I'm not too familiar oh. with Benedict Cumberbatch on a personal level. Um, but yeah, I think the doctor in this episode was just fine. Oh, oh was he now? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Very, well, that's the, uh, yeah. Well, to an extent. I mean, we had a little bit extent, of a. Until he tried to kill everyone. Well, you know. Yeah. No, we'll, we'll, yeah. <laughs> I think we'll have a spirited debate about that. Boy, oh boy, our uh, our episode here. So do we want to just jump right in and start talking about the living? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. All right. And is there anybody you'd like to start with? Well, I think I think maybe actually, maybe we should save Jenner for last, because I think there's a lot to talk about, just not even just about his character, but about some of the choices that he's made. So mm. I don't know. Do, hey, do we <laughs> do we want to hop back aboard the uh, the Shane train? And because Holy we actually man. opened with him. O'Shane. Yeah. O'Shane. We did open with him. What what an interesting opening. Yeah. 
you know, with with what we know of Shane so far, and then to see him just, you know, just beside himself trying to save Rick, and like he really goes through a lot of efforts, and it it gets to the point where realistically, you know, they both would have died if he kept, you know, really trying to get him out of the hospital. So and he, you know, he put the bed in front of the door. And like you mentioned, I it completely passed me when I watched the uh, opening with the uh, the first episode with the door being in or the bed being in front of the door. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just you know it's it was very interesting to see the side of Shane that really was you know not up all all up in Lori's junk and was really <laughs> devoted and dedicated to so to speak to Rick, right? Yeah, to Rick as a friend and her salty stomach. Um, I, I thought it was interesting that we actually we do kind of get the the Shane we get a bit of a roller coaster with Shane because boy. obviously up to this point we've been a little bit suspicious of him and obviously he's done some things that we we don't really have his side of the story but I think we've kind of assumed that he is the bad guy and then we found out that yeah he's he's actually kind of he did probably do all any per any one person could have been expected to do in that situation so then we're kind of maybe like oh maybe <laughs> you know maybe he's not a good guy necessarily but maybe he's not as a bad a guy as we think he is and then we just right you know we're up at the top there of the the shane train roller coaster and then we go just crashing down the other side because he proceeds to essentially try to rape uh Lori and then we're like, oh, now we actually, or at least personally, I was like, okay, now I actually hate him probably 20 times more than I did <laughs> before, so. Oh, man. Yeah, that was rough. Yeah, exactly. It was like a roller coaster. Like, just like you said, it, it, you get all the way at the top, and then it just drops your ass down. Like, oh, no, Shane. He was losing it. He's not, and bad, bad drinker. Shane should not be allowed around alcohol, period. Well, uh, yeah, bad drinker. But I, I do love the fact that he tries at the day after he's he, or the morning after he's like, oh, yes, uh, it, you know, like, I don't even remember what the line was, but he, he does like some sort of double entendre where he's talking about, you know, not uh, not being in the right frame of mind or whatever. And it's like, yes, man, that's not how alcohol works. Alcohol just amplifies you who you are. And right. You suddenly just, don't turn into a rapist when you drink. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So I thought it was kind of interesting that they, they have that almost like mini arc where we go from thinking, OK, hey, maybe maybe I actually understand Shane a little bit better to probably just wanting him to die. Yeah. <laughs> personally. yeah. No, I. Yeah, really. It. I will say, though, through the course of the season, he's potentially been the most interesting character just watching that transformation in a way. <laughs> that's, I, think that's, I think that's all I really have to say about Shane, but we can actually, if you want to, we can, we can kind of transition to Rick and Lori. If you want to go to them next, cause I actually have a transition there. Oh, I like it. Yeah. So here, my, my transition is really, uh, just it's actually a bit of a PSA, and this is to all the guys out there, all the all the dudes listening. If you like get into bed and your girlfriend or wife is crying, don't assume why they're crying, because <laughs> like <gasps> when Rick gets into bed and Lori is like crying, and 
he says he's basically assuming that she's crying because I guess out of relief because they're there. And he says one of the, I mean, Rick has a lot of like naive, like choir boy moments in this show, but this is one of the most naive and he doesn't even realize it. But when he's saying, you know, he's trying to comfort her and he's like, don't worry, we're safe now. <laughs> and it's like the, of course the irony there being that, you know, You're not safe. She, yeah, it's it's probably, probably the, the closest least safe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the closest we've seen her like come to actually being like in danger, like yeah. personally. And yeah, so I man, man, Rick, what in the I world? I know Rick. He and tries it's, again. I right. Yeah, he tries. And again, it was just so funny. Of then, like Shane gets drunk and he makes things awkward and weird, and you know, it starts to spiral, and then. Rick gets drunk and he's just like, Hey doc, let me tell you all my secrets. And then he gets <laughs> in bed and he's like, we're okay now, darling. And he's just so dumb at the time. He just, yeah, you know, he just turns and he's like, let's just cuddle. Good night. It's like, Jesus, Rick. I thought, you know, and I, I thought it was kind of nice that he had somebody to emote to a little bit with, uh, Jenner kind of backfired a little bit on him. Yeah. I, th I thought it was definitely interesting that we do get that that little little nugget from him about basically uh, well from what he tells jenner he actually hasn't expected them to survive at all but he's been kind of pushing them along because he can't admit defeat which is very rick like because he you know rick rick does not admit defeat he just kind of soldiers forth and i guess always expects to be able to kind of conquer whatever situation he's in but yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting, and the, also the fact it, it was kind of funny that we, we it was it, that that whole scene was almost felt like it was a little bit of the writers like making a nod to the fact that like what his character has been because I, I I think I mentioned last episode how Rick doesn't really he hasn't had a lot of character moments. It's really him just trying to move the plot along, mm -hmm. and he actually says like, "Yeah, I was just trying to like get us you know keep us moving forward." I was like, "Huh, <laughs> that's actually that's very meta," but uh, but yeah. <laughs> That's true. It's <laughs> really funny. I never, I didn't even connect that. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I, and I don't really have very many notes on honestly on either Rick or Lori. I mean, I, I do wish that she had said something. I'm mean, not trying to blame the victim here, but it's it. You know, and I could see that's a tough situation in which because you know what what exactly would happen there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's true. Limited options, but I totally agree. Otherwise, it would be like, get them, get them, boys. So let's see. Oh, I will say, I think this was Carl's best performance when they were at the banquet <laughs> and they had him try wine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But actually, that actually resonated with me because when I was a kid, like, <laughs> that was something every year at Thanksgiving when my parents were drinking wine. And I'd be like, can I try some? Because, you know, we always had the, like, sparkling grape juice which is just basically you know the, like juice with a ton of sugar and you know carbonation <laughs> in it so right. it's like obviously wine must taste similar and every year i just like oh this is i can't believe anyone drinks this this is the worst thing ever so yeah the, the first time in six episodes i've ever uh felt uh any sort of association with carl so <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah that poor kid you know he was there again there's just so many characters, I think, at this point that they're just even, you know, Lori and Carl that we're just not getting a whole lot from other than what, what poor Lori has been dealing with. But, you know, their time will come, I'm sure. 
Yeah, I, I did. I did like kind of like the fact that even though most of the characters don't get a lot of big scenes in this episode, they all have at least one or two moments, which I kind of appreciated. Oh, something else <laughs> I didn't want to mention. I love the that when everyone's taking a shower and then they cut to Shane and he's like drinking the bottle of wine in the shower and it looks like something out of like an 80s like top 40 music video. So, yeah, <laughs> really like that. I have to tell you, I that scene was so frustrating to me because Jenner's they're like hot water and Jenner's like, yeah, just like just go easy on the hot water. Well, nobody, <laughs> nobody went easy on the hot water. And well, they like pan from person to person doing their own like water yeah. wasting shenanigans. Ugh. Yeah. Look, as as someone who has like gone i haven't gone two months without a shower but i'm gonna say if you tell somebody who's gone two months without a shower go easy on the hot water you're <laughs> setting yourself up for failure i have gone about a week without a shower like when i'm out camping in the in the woods and stuff and yeah that uh you're gonna you're gonna enjoy that shower for sure <laughs> i just thought that was so funny when they cut to them just like there's Lori just sitting just yeah. sitting in a rain of yeah. shower <laughs> like just everybody is doing something oh my god so yeah, I bet Dale in and out. Yeah, <laughs> in and Dale out. Is military. Probably like, <laughs> yeah, probably like oh. just ran a washcloth under his armpits and called it a day. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, yes. Oh man. Um, a lot of people, like you said, they were. You know, everybody was there. Everybody had their own kind of thing. You know, but there really wasn't anything to. You know, no major scenes. Um. You know, some of them, you know, like Andrea and Carl, um, I'm sorry, Andrea and Dale, it didn't really get too much out of them till till a little bit later. Yeah, um, we we do get the the great like comedy line where she's throwing up in the in the toilet and <laughs> she's like, it's all gone. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, it feels it's better going down than it is coming up. And she's like, no, you idiot. <laughs> I'm about my, the wine. Yeah, that, that was oh, kind of funny. Yes. Classic oh. Dale. If we want to skip ahead or if we want to actually talk about Jenner, because I think I think we're going to have some things to say about his character. But then obviously his decisions kind of lead up to a lot of the final decisions that some of these characters have to make. So, yeah. 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 Um, so, you know, I, of course, connect this to everybody luxuriating in the showers, which, OK, fine. It's fine. And I get it. You know, after after a few months, you're right. They probably just. They need it. It's fine. But cut to the next day when it's like, oh, what's that clock mean? Oh, that's just the what we have left of power. And I'm just convinced, like, they probably would have gotten another day if they had cut if they had watched it with the hot water. Uh, right. <laughs> oh. It's true. Yeah. So. So, yeah. And then uh, Rick asks what happens when the building runs out of power. And interestingly enough, uh, the building is set to implode, essentially. Full full decontamination. And uh, I thought it was kind of funny because Jenner goes on a rant like, we've got stuff in here you don't want to get out, man. It could wipe out half the population. And I'm like, I think we're kind of past that, maybe. Oh. Kind of ironic. So any thoughts on a... That's on Jenner. At yeah, that I, I mean, I think I feel like the I feel like the really like the core question that I have in mm. the, for this episode is like was was Jenner actually was he right 
or do we think that he was right just in terms of what he did? Oh, you know, well, with so I guess with regards to like the decision he made for himself, you know, that is what it is. But but potentially that is a curious question, because would he have even mentioned it? Right. If they hadn't asked, I would like to think that he would have mentioned it. But again, we were crawling down on about a less like an hour. And I think by the time they kind of figured out and realized they didn't have gas to proceed, et cetera, they had about 30 minutes, I think, at that point to yeah. believe. So, yeah, he probably could have mentioned it. Yeah. And obviously part of that is just like that, just the writing because, you know, they, they had to create a sense of urgency. So they had to have 30, 30 minutes left. But I don't know. I guess, uh, I guess, the, I guess my question is actually, well, well okay. I, I don't think anyone, I, I don't think that he was right to try to kill or not try to kill them, but to right. basically not give them a choice. But I guess the, 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 the question that I, I'm trying to get at is if you were in that situation, mm. like which one would you choose? Yeah, that's a really good question. I would probably, I think I would probably leave just because, like, I think you had mentioned it before, there's just that innate, I mean, I guess maybe if there really was, like, really nothing going on and I was really super depressed, then I'd probably be like, ah, screw it, let's go. But I feel like there's probably that internal, like, innate primal instinct to survive that I would probably at least be like, well, let's see what happens. I don't know. I'm, I'm don't the same know. way. And I mean, I think it's, I think it's kind of interesting. Like the people who want to survive and then Jenner, who has this like very fatalistic view of things. And, you know, I guess, I guess part, part of it, like, I guess the real question is like, is it because he is personally like depressed and he lost his wife and everything? Mm. Or is it because he's like maybe too smart for his own good and he's seen the numbers and he, he understands the science of what's happening and he knows or he thinks he knows that the human race is pretty much doomed, right? Yeah, and you know that that makes a lot of sense too considering he's a scientist and that man was working to the very end. So you could definitely see him having that approach not having kind of that sentimentality or that you know like um thought that there's going to just be some sort of um what am i trying to say like a nirvana at the end of all this um, right yeah like if you if you know your chances you don't expect like you understand like some people will hear that you have you know nine you have one in a hundred chances and they'll be like oh so there's a chance and, yeah, and right. scientists will say, oh, well, that's, yeah, that, there's practically no chance at all. Yeah. And also, he definitely has more experience. Like, he talked about, you know, being in contact with other countries. So, if he, you know, at that point, if you just know across the world, like, it's, you know, it really is. It's like, how much longer, I mean, you're going to die. Oh, obviously, everyone's going to die. But, like, let's say you got, you have a good. Wait, what? Well, no one right. told me that. <laughs> uh, I mean, at the end of the episode. Um, oh. Yeah. Wait, you mean at the end of this episode? When yeah, whenever recording? Everybody, everyone oh, drinks shit. this. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, let's, let's just keep it going, guys. <laughs> oh, that's what the wrap-up is. Oh, <laughs> We're boy. really wrapping it up. So, um, 
yeah, I uh, I completely lost my train of thought now. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Um, and you know, it's funny. I feel like I try to make connections on this stuff, but it kind of makes me think of um, because they're unrelated. The only relation is that dead people have been reanimated. Miguel in The Walking Dead, or in, in oh yeah. Jesus, Miguel, yeah, of um, <laughs> yeah. the dead. Thank you. Yeah. When he sacrifices himself and kind of puts the whole camp in danger, and it was because I think at that point he was just like, oh, it's futile. Uh, we're all going to die. So I could totally see him having just having that same thought process because, you know, that's it. That was it. Because you've got, you know, a certain amount of time and it's going to be rough and you potentially are going to turn into a zombie. Do you want that to happen to you? You know, what, you know, this could be something that just and you're done versus, you know, you might have to shoot yourself in the head or just something a little bit more intense. Yeah, I think I mean, it's kind of interesting that, you know, he's he's saying that he's offering them a ch- the the choice of a, a basically a bad death or a quick and painless death. But that's kind of still a very fatalistic view of, yeah, I mean, everyone's going to die eventually, but. uh, having the view of no one can survive out there and everyone will eventually get torn apart and eaten, which is to me a very kind of fatalistic uh, view of things. I don't know. Yeah. I can definitely see his point of view, but yeah, I certainly would probably be like, well, let's just see what happens. I don't know. Yeah. Same. I mean, this character has always like really frustrated me and we should, we should mention again that Jenner is played by Noah Emmerich, who I just absolutely love because he's, he's such a good actor. And I think that's why this character actually like it it frustrates me because he he actually is to to me he's actually i don't want to say he's convincing because i don't think he would convince me to stay there and die but (laughs) he he is he's convincing in the sense that he's convincing that he has actually thought through all of the various options and he has come to the conclusion that what he's doing is the best option for everyone which is actually kind of scary in a way because it's so fatalistic again you know he if if he wants to sit there and implode himself sure but the fact that he's willing to take so many people with him is just yeah kind of actually scary to me (laughs) yeah that's always that's always like the scariest thing is always people who are willing to kill other people because they 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 are convinced that they are doing the right thing yeah i completely agree that is yeah he definitely yeah the biggest the, definitely the biggest problem I have with that is that he he just should have maybe mentioned it. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. And well, he, and he, he even he even says like, oh yeah, I told you when you came in that the door the, there's no the when that door closes it's not opening again. It's like yeah, but there was kind of a like a, there could have been an asterisk there, buddy. I mean, yeah, like, you could have you could have yeah you could have mentioned. However, yeah, I completely agree. That was a bit of a like okay, bud. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's also kind of interesting that like the the episode the the last episode where we first meet him he kind of ha- he kind of makes an offhand comment about killing himself and then he when they when they show up he's kind of like you know telling them to go away he's whispering to himself like you know just go away so i think he's actually made up his mind like well before this and maybe maybe that was actually why he was telling them to go away because he knew what he was he knew what he was going to do and what was going to happen. And he also knew that he probably wasn't going to do what he should have done and, you know, told, given them a, ch- a choice. I like that. That's very, uh, very good observation. I agree. Very interesting. Yeah. Cause it, you know, 
Yeah, we were just from talking about that, wanting them to go away and, and what his motivations were for that. So that's a really interesting, very interesting observation. And I mean, he, I guess, I guess there is kind of the argument that I, I guess his wife was kind of the tipping point because Rick mm. even has the the line where he's like, yeah, you could have, you could have gone with everyone else or you could have just, you know, taken the easy way out. And he, he's basically, you know, talking about his, how his wife was, you know, she was, she ran this operation. She was basically the, the Einstein of what was it, you know, of virology or whatever. Yeah. Like, but I'm, I'm just Dr. Jenner. And so I, I guess there's an element of like depression and loss there, but mm. at the same time, I don't know, still, still kind of, still kind of a frustrating character because I, again, just because I, I love Noah Emmerich so much and, and he, the character starts off as being, kind of you know very very likable and then you find out that he's kind of kind of bonkers and he's going to kill everyone so i don't yeah. know and that's unfortunately that is just like the one thing it's like if he hadn't done that everything <laughs> exactly. else would have been fine just exactly. that one thing why is that the one thing he seemed like, like a very nice guy yeah probably what they said about ted bundy so oh god if it wasn't for that killing we've been just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well i oh. guess so yeah i guess i guess the what, like circling back to some of the other characters then and kind of that ending where we we see that a couple of characters are considering staying like what do we think of andrea's decision to stay so i have to tell you i had a really hard time with this scene because i know because i had a dream like jim that andrea survived and that she went into later seasons. So I was very mad at her because I was just like, bitch, get up. You're wasting time. We know you're going to live. So I was very mad at her. And, but then I had to kind of take it back and be like, okay, she just lost her sister and I can like, okay, fine. Uh, but I honestly, I was very, I was very annoyed. It took me, it took me a second to pull it back. Yeah. <laughs> I was, you know, I, I, <laughs> this is going to sound really bad, but given how much, given how the fact that Andrea is probably my least favorite character, I was kind of like, yeah, whatever, I guess just stay. <laughs> now, I, I think the, the, the good part about that whole scene is it gives us one of the, I think the best Dale moments that we've seen all season, Yeah, which is where he's like, are <laughs> which He's being, I guess, kind of, you could argue he's being a little bit manipulative, but, it, you know, for a, for a good reason, <laughs> because, you know, he's arguing with her and he's trying to plead with her. And then he's just like, OK, you win. Yeah. I'll, you know, <laughs> and then he just sits down and, you know, classic Dale. I that scene broke my heart because it was just yeah. like, you know, you could tell that he really connected with her and he really cared about her. And and without her, for him, it was just like, well, now I have nothing. And oh like that was tough yeah i gotta say like this is this is the like jeffrey demon is i mean i love him and I've, I've loved him as his character in this in this whole season but this moment is i think where you like i've loved his character but i think this is where you really kind of start falling in love with him as a mm -hmm. as a person because just like his like not just the fact that he's trying to save andrea but also because you you see that like he the fact that he can't go on without her which again you can you could argue is a little bit selfish in a way but i think it was kind of to the right end and i think that you really you really buy the fact you know when he has that line about you know you can't do that you can't just come into someone's life and then check out and he's, he's obviously 
Oh man, he just gets so emotional. Like it's every single time I watch that scene, I'm like, oh my god, Dale, you're breaking my heart. So I know, yeah, that was the same, and I was just like, Dale, I was like, oh my god, yeah, yeah that was that was really interesting, and it kind of makes you just think about you know his backstory. Stuff we'll find out about him as we go on. So that's something I'm looking forward to. So I I, I do have to say though, <laughs> again, no. Sorry to throw shade at Andrea, but I could have I could have done, you know, whatever. Take her or leave her. She could have stayed if she wanted to. I yeah. think one thing that I actually really do hate about this episode is that they just write Jackie off. Oh, yeah. Because so. Thank you, Jackie. Jesus. Yeah. yeah we, we haven't really talked about her a whole lot, but uh, uh, Gerald Prescott Sales, who, again, I'm yeah. probably mispronouncing your name, but she's been, uh, you know, she's been very much in the background this entire show. But. <gasps> I really like the actress and like what little bits of the character we've gotten I've liked. And yeah. I'm always very, very frustrated with this episode. Not not just because she dies, but because that like for An Andrea's des decision to stay was kind of earned because we see her, obviously her sister die and we kind of understand what she's going through. But then Jackie's just like, yeah, I'm just going to stay here. And we don't necessarily, we've never seen anything about her character that would suggest that she's, kind of you know ready to turn in our chips so to speak so i don't know i'm always a little bit frustrated with that because it kind of comes out of nowhere i agree i have a my issues with that are she i certainly hope that she only signed on for one season because she had other obligations i would like this to have been her choice because otherwise it makes me so angry i thought i was like this is just lazy writing because like do you just not want to have to write for her next season what is right. your problem i, I understand that Richard Kirk, Robert Kirkman, sorry, sir. Um, old Dick Kirkman. Um, <laughs> he, he couldn't write for, I'm sure he couldn't write for a black woman if he tried. But I just was so annoyed because you're absolutely right. And she was just like, okay, goodbye. I'm like, what? And there was, I've just, she was a character that, you know, she was the one that knew about the sewers. And I just thought there was, we, She's another character that I really would have liked to learn more about. There yeah. could have been, yeah, more to her, more things that, you know, she knew and just different stuff. And I was just, it was very irritating because, yeah, of, of all people, I mean, let it, let it be Andrea. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, again, yeah. I, don't, I don't even know if it's, it's like we don't even get a whole lot of characters. So it's not even a character. I just, every single scene that she's in, she's so good. I was like, I just want more of that mm. actress. And like yeah. the scene where she's telling him to go and like her and like she's telling T-Dog to go. And I mean, she's just, oh man, it's just really hard. I mean, it's almost just as heartbreaking as the whole scene with Dale and Andrea. So mm. I don't know. I I kind of wish instead of Dale staying behind and said like, you know, maybe T-Dog had stayed behind and been like, okay, <laughs> I'm staying. And she'd be like, okay. And then Andrea was, you know, she maybe, maybe could have been the one to buy it, but yeah. Yeah. So that's that's always a little bit frustrating to me, especially when the, I think they're like it's not spoiling anything to say that a lot of characters are going to die in this show over the years, and it's just kind of frustrating to have her kind of die in just a death that doesn't really lend a whole lot. Not that every single death has to be meaningful, because you know in real life people just die sometimes, mm -hmm. and it doesn't always have to be impactful or meaningful or dramatic, but. Yeah, kind of. That felt like a write-off to me. So, yeah, I completely I'm gonna, agree. Not one not strike. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. One one strike against the show, and and uh, and probably the only strike. Of, I, I I'm assuming that Frank Darabont decided kind of who lived and died. So I'm yeah. gonna hold him accountable for this one. 
I'm just going to assume that she was very busy. She just had other Could stuff be. to do. She was like, look, guys, I'm busy. Could be. Although, although I'm pretty sure... <laughs> Pretty sure anyone who died in the first season of the series was probably wishing that they could have stayed alive after uh, after it got so popular. And I'm sure a lot of the actors saw a lot more money in the uh, following season. So boy, howdy! Hopefully, they're getting some good rerun money. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. I mean, they could have they could have brought her back. They could have brought the actress back and just be like, "Wait a moment, Jackie? Is that you? Oh, uh, no, I'm Jackie's twin sister, uh, Janice." Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> You know, like I like that eighties eighties sitcom style. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> we've been perfect. Except she wears glasses or something. Yeah, she wears glasses. That's how you know it's a different character. <laughs> oh God, I love it. Oh yeah. man. So, oh, and I guess we forgot about to mention Carl. Not Carl. Good boy. Why is yeah. Carl stuck in my head? Carl, um, you got Carl in the brain. I do have Carl in the brain. Oh, Carl, Papa. Um. <laughs> Glenn, Glenn yeah. is a guy that was also there. He's there. He's there. He doesn't have a whole lot. <laughs> Again, he does have the you know the when he mentions the showers, he's the one who does the yeah. comedic like. Oh, did he say showers? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Him. I think. Oh. I feel like again, like him and T Dog are there. They get probably a few more lines than they have another, or at least T. I guess. Yeah, I guess T Dog's been more in the background than Glenn, but they all get a couple lines, but no real character development from what i can remember or i didn't take any notes to that effect no i agree yeah and uh, yeah i agree so i suppose we could move on to the dead let's do it yeah let's so, move on to the dead and yeah, yeah maybe maybe move on to uh, a, a particular member of the dead ts19 oh yes ts19 how very think- interesting I wonder if that's a I wonder if that's that is actually a Stephen King reference, because I don't know. I don't know how much. Do you read a lot of Stephen King? Oh, it's been a long time. I okay. used to. But so yeah. so for some reason, the number 19 is like uh, always shows up in his stories and his books. And it's like a very important number. So I kind of wonder if that's like Frank Darabont doing a doing a little Stephen King nod. I love that. That would be wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, that would be great. So yeah, TS-19. Interesting, very interesting. Um, this patient, we don't exactly know. Uh, we just know it's a person. He shows, Doc uh, Jenner, he shows the group a, some sort of, you know, brain scan situation of how the disease progresses. And as uh, the conversations carry on, and Rick is like, why the hell did you stay here? He says essentially that he made a promise to his wife to stay who just happens to be TS-19. And we do get kind of, that's one thing that I do appreciate about this episode. I mean, I don't know if you always need to explain everything in every zombie story, but I do appreciate it when you often get kind of the rules in terms of like what people have figured out, but Mm -hmm. then you kind of get the, okay, here's actually the science behind what's happening. I do, I do kind of appreciate that. So yeah, mm-hmm. I like the I like the fact that we do kind of get that, I guess, n- not necessarily a narrative dump, but a kind of background world building dump of exactly how this disease actually behaves in a in a realistic manner, you know, versus mm-hmm. a kind of supernatural thing. So it's um, it kind of lended a little credibility for me as to why he was there. It definitely yeah. helped. Yeah. Kind of make more sense of that. Yeah. I also that was kind of funny. I was actually looking at the cast list. Apparently, I'm assuming the picture that he has of his wife. I'm assuming this is where the credit comes from because 
there's well according to the always reliable imdb <laughs> the, the, there's actually an actress credited as or, or uncredited as candace jenner and that's the actress claire bronson and i actually looked it up it was kind of funny because a I, I wonder if they actually maybe shot some scenes with her because the fact oh. that they chose like an actual actress. So I don't know if there are maybe some like deleted scenes. It seems weird that they would like cast an actual actress for like a, a, a picture on his desk. But yeah. I did also, I looked her up and again, I got to keep coming back to this. There's uh, a Stephen King uh, connection there because she was also in episodes of Mr. Mercedes and an episode of the outsider, which are both based on Stephen King novels. So interesting. Yeah. She also, uh, she also came back to the the Kirkman verse for another show based on one of his comics called Outcast, which I watched like the first scene. It's 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 a fun show, but yeah. Uh, so I thought that was kind of funny. I, I I'm assuming I'm assuming that there are like cut scenes between him and his wife because it'd be weird that they they cast an, an actual actress as a woman in photo. Yeah, that definitely could make sense, and especially with some. I didn't realize they had some deleted scenes from other episodes, so potentially deleted oh. scenes from this too. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't looked. I don't know for sure, but just having, just knowing they have some from season two makes me a wee bit curious. Huh. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Anyways, back to, back. Yeah. Sorry. For, sorry for that. Uh, no. That side no. That yeah. was good. I liked that. Yeah. I always enjoy a little, it's always good when you can connect Stephen King to anything. Well, I've got to I got to keep doing it now because of the the Frank Darabont the heavy Frank Darabont connection. Absolutely, I'm looking forward to you connecting him when we cover uh, the X Files and Twin Peaks. Well, he wrote an episode of the X Files at one point, so oh shit, <laughs> there, there's a connection. There we but... go. <laughs> we'll mention that yeah. in every episode. Yeah, oh. even though it was yeah, it was like season five that he wrote an episode in. So <laughs> we'll, we'll mention it every episode until. Although I think he just spoiled the other shows that we're going to talk about, so I might cut that out or or not or uh, not. Yeah, Day maybe two, we just maybe? got a little tidbit about what uh, some of the upcoming shows we're going to talk about on this yeah. podcast. Anyways, TS19. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah we, 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 get, we definitely get the biggest, like, actual kind of dump of information on zombies and why people are being reanimated here, which I thought was pretty enjoyable. Very interesting. Yeah. I thought it was interesting, too. He mentioned um, the resurrection time um, could be anywhere from three minutes to eight hours. Yeah. Which, which I actually took a note on that. I was like, it's interesting that there's that variable time. Mm. But uh, I said, I said in, in parentheses, probably for dramatic convenience, because <laughs> I feel like I feel like they were trying to because that way, that way they can always write dramatic scenes around like someone coming back in three minutes or someone coming back in, you know, hours. And they don't have to worry about always being very precise. I love it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a really great point. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So, uh, TS 19, did you have any other thoughts on TS 19? Not really. I mean, yeah, just, just the fact that we don't actually, I mean, this episode has a couple of walkers at the end, but there are hardly any actual walkers in it, but we still yeah. find out more about them than I think we have in any other episode. So. Absolutely. It's a very interesting. Now, um, I, I'm trying to remember, and I wish I had written this down at the end of the last episode, he said something. Oh man, I got. I should have taken a note on this. But he mentioned there were like two specific time frames because I guess there was the outbreak. There was the initial outbreak, mm. and I can't remember the time frame on that. And then he said something about uh, because you know, well, the last episode was called Wildfire, which refers to kind of the I guess the the speed at which the outbreak occurred. But he said something specifically about 
wild the wildfire began at a certain so like at a certain point the outbreak went from you know it, it started to all of a sudden it was escalating at you know a much faster rate so yeah. I, I can't I wish I could remember because I think it'd been two months since it really started happening but I couldn't remember when he said the outbreak actually started I guess I'll I guess I'll have to go back and take a note on that yeah that's a really good question that's a good question I do not recall but yeah I thought it was kind of interesting that obviously uh there there maybe had maybe there's been because the question that that really leaves now that we know kind of the science behind it of course is the question of okay well are we you know are we ever going to find out where it came from mm. or yeah oh so okay i'm actually i actually went back and looked real quick he said it's uh 194 days okay so i guess wildfire was just when the outbreak was detected so 194 days since wildfire was declared and 63 days since the vi- the disease abruptly went global so mm. it's kind of interesting so i guess it's been i guess it's been like 2 months since the shit's really hit the fan but it's been it's been a little it was it was uh it was around for a little while longer so that's kind of interesting yeah that is interesting and i i don't know if that's something the the show ever actually addresses which i'm kind of assuming it's not because at this point it's like he he's like the last person researching the the virus so you know now that he's gone he's he's uh there's probably there probably aren't a lot of people left around to actually be worrying about you know where it started and why it started but yeah, and I suppose shout out just a little justice for the French that that they yeah. held out the longest. Yeah, <laughs> or maybe you know I love I love to think the French the French didn't they didn't actually go dark they were just like oh my god this Jenner every single day he's whining about his wife and he's talking about who's gonna shoot it so can we just like what if we just like don't answer anymore yeah okay <laughs> so the French oh my god. they're still there working they're fine everyone's fine over there they're oh just my like, god they just don't answer his calls anymore. He Milton'd him. Yeah. Like, oh, oh shit. Jenner is always <laughs> complaining. Damn it, Jenner. Oh my yeah. gosh. Which I will say, very interesting note. Um, the it was like a post-credit scene that I mentioned, and I can't remember if I mentioned this on the episode or offline. There's a post-credit scene in the Walking Dead World Beyond spinoff where they are talking to French scientists. No. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting. I hadn't uh, connected that before. So it was, again, maybe one of those potential uh, callbacks that yeah. they are very good at. They are very yeah. good at those. Well, yeah, we'll talk about that some more in like six years when we get to the World Beyond stuff. <laughs> right. So amongst our dead is just numerous, just people, scientists, patients, staff, soldiers, everywhere. I, I did appreciate the fact that they they do tie that scene in the beginning that is it's kind of it really is a callback to the the scene with rick in the hospital because they obviously shot all that stuff at the same time and there's a lot of stuff in the in there that's like okay well obviously something happened here but what happened like the stuff with like i remember watching that episode and be like why okay obviously there are bullet holes over the place but why are like the the roof's all messed up and stuff and then you go back and you see that I guess like someone, you know, one of the soldiers got bitten and he ended up like shooting the roof up. And so I thought that was kind of fun. And they, yeah. they also, I, I it, it's also kind of dark though, because when you see all the blood on the, on the wall and bullet holes, you're like, oh man, they must've killed a bunch of zombies. Mm. But then you, they actually show the fact that they were basically just gunning down civilians. Yeah. And, and then shooting them, shooting the court, the, the cadavers in the head. Yeah. 
I think that pretty well covers the uh, the dead. You know, it kind of you know wraps with our our crew basically managing to get out of the building. I do believe it was the grenade that Carol had in her purse, which yeah. uh, broke the glass and enabled them to get out. And they made it literally just in the nick of time uh, for the building to explode. Yeah. Because- and pr- presumably our body count in this episode, I think is two. I do believe you are correct. Cause we have, um, I'm assuming again, our criteria is you have to see them die on screen but i think we can assume that jenner and jackie are are in fact dead so yes poor things oh my goodness well poor jackie but yeah poor jackie uh, yeah so so that kind of brings us to our next segment save or sacrifice uh so this is when we would take uh characters from the show that we would like to save or sacrifice uh and i think in this we kind of at least as of right now we are taking people whether or not they have died uh just because (laughs) Not too many people are dying right now, so you know we're just yeah. taking we're just taking what we what we got. How about what is who is your save? Well, my save is actually someone who does die in this episode because I would one hundred percent save Jackie and see her continue on. Same. Think, Same. Yeah. Again, for all my, the reasons I already re, I already I already uh, mentioned. Yeah, my my struggle. I I was like, oh, how do I decide? Because I thought, well, can I take on the burden of saving someone who who chose to die themselves? <laughs> so I mean, Dale did. Well, that's true. That is and true. He succeeded. That's true. That's, so, that's yeah. the thing. Also, also, like, I, I kind of feel bad now. Also, <laughs> it's never occurred to me, but like, he goes back to save Andrea, but like, no one actually goes back to save Jackie. <laughs> like, oh shit, no one care really about her enough. <laughs> Yeah, and then she gets to see Dale sit there and be like, well, I'm not leaving without you, Andrea. Bye, yeah. Jackie. See oh, ya. Really... <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that was oh that. Or she's God. like, okay, I made the right choice because these guys are dicks. Yeah, fuck Jeez. these guys. Yeah. Oh, my no, God. I would have gone, gone back and tried to, try to you know, talk, yeah. talk Jackie into choosing life. Yeah, she was my save as well because Jackie, again, I really just would have liked to see where her character goes. If... If Jenner had not pulled the shenanigans with, you know, oh, oh, by the way, the building's going to explode, I would have had a tough time deciding between the two, just because it's always interesting to have a scientist around and like what other information he might have had. Oh, yeah. um, but he kind of uh, knocked, he kind of knocked himself out of the running a little bit on that one. Yeah. yeah no. Exactly. Yeah. I, w- I was with. Yeah. Again, I was with him up until you found out that he was basically going to sacrifice everyone. Yeah. Oh, what a mess. Speaking of sacrifices, yeah. I feel like we're probably aligned on this one as well. Probably. Because, you know, when you open the episode, it's like, wow, maybe I'd save this guy. But nope, nope, doesn't take too much longer before I just want to open the door and throw Shane outside. Yeah, I'm definitely, definitely going to derail that Shane train. Oh. In fact, I would have, I would, <laughs> I would have just taken that that hand grenade instead of blowing the window open. I just like chucked it at Shane. Yeah, like I don't even care if I get out alive. I just want to make sure that uh, you you don't uh, you're not around to molest anyone else. Yeah, boy howdy, freaking Shane, man. So I think I think this is what the, the second or third time we've we've decided that Shane is the most killable person in in an episode. So he's on, he's on a roll. He is on a roll. Oh my goodness! At least he's consistent. That is true. So I suppose that we could move on to our rantings and rankings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, shoot. We didn't decide what to, to rate this on. I know you've got a good one. 
I mean, I think we can probably rank it out of out of five surprisingly reemerging hand grenades. <laughs> oh. They come out of nowhere if you weren't paying attention like five episodes ago. Right. Oh my gosh. Man, so this is a this is a tough one. Do you do you know what your rating is for this one? Man, yeah, I I've kind of gone back and forth on it. So I think that this is I, I I mean, this is another great episode. I man, it's really tough just because the whole the whole Jenner thing. I mean, I will say that the whole Jenner thing feels like they maybe I don't I don't know, maybe maybe they just didn't want like they needed a, a way to kill off a couple of characters quickly. But I do love Noah Emmerich and he's really great in that role. So I man. forgive them. I'm going to say I don't think this is as good as the pilot or the first episode. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I don't think I don't think any anything has actually touched that first episode so far. But I think it has, actually is a really, really strong episode. I think we get to see a lot of great acting, a lot of great moments from a lot of these characters. You know, we get some information, we get some background. We also get some uh, some more unanswered questions because we didn't mm-hmm. even mention it. But Jenner whispers something in Rick's ear before he leaves. And we don't know what it is. That's right. So we get a little, a little, uh, you know, a little, a little dangling. I don't want to say a cliffhanger, but a little, a little mystery there. That being said, I mean, this is a great kind of wrap up. I think that Darabont, I really appreciate the fact that he basically wrote this as a standalone series. If for some reason no one had watched The Walking Dead and it had just flopped and AMC hadn't renewed it, this would mm. still be a great kind of mini series that, you know, we could watch again and again. So I'm going to say this one is, I'm going to say, I'm going to give it three. Point seven five hand grenades and obviously the seven five is i've pulled the uh i've pulled the pin out and the the handle is uh you know up i guess so i i guess that's that's probably not a quarter of a a grenade but but yeah so 3.75 i think it's probably probably the second best episode of this season so that's that's my rating great i would agree same you know sentiment that it wasn't uh highly compelling in the way that you know maybe the first episode was not as much action as say the second episode was but it was it was solid and it was kind of a nice little you know cozy wrap you up in bed at the end of the night kind of a episode that just you know granted things didn't end up that way and it kind of leaves you wondering what these people are in store for but I liked it I thought it was good um and I really enjoyed that you know, because it is, you really could have left it like that and just been like, oh man, you know, what's going to be next for these people? Well, I don't know. Sometimes that happens in movies, <laughs> whether we like it or not. But yeah, so um, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was very solid. Um, and yes, I agree. Um, no, Emmerich, his acting was just so good. It was almost to the point where it's like, well, no scientist is, is this emotional and <laughs> passionate about things. They're very, you know... I always think of scientists being very like, you know, monotone, straight by the books, kind of, you know, very uh, technical speakers, if you will. But yeah, solid episode. I liked it a lot. I would give this a 3.5. That would be three and a half hand grenades. Nice. I don't know how to cut a hand grenade in half, but I would not. Very carefully. It. That's our, our thoughts on uh, the very final episode of The Walking Dead season one. Any other thoughts? Well, I think it was a great series. But I also think that it's not over yet. So I agree. In fact, I think I think that our, the season one of this podcast isn't over yet because we actually have one more episode. The series is done. The Walking Dead. 
Walking Dead season one is done, but this season is not because our upcoming episode in one week, we're going to be talking about, we're going to kind of do a wrap up of the season. We're just going to be kind of talking about our overall thoughts. We're going to be doing some superlatives. I think we're going to slap a rating on the season as a whole. So who knows? Well, I don't think we actually know what that episode is going to sound like, but you know, you can find out in a week. So check back in and then we're going to take a little break and then well, actually tune in next week and we'll tell you what we're doing next. How about that? Yeah. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. We will see you next week. Yep. Bye. Good night.